Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Thanks for tuning in to Boner Planet Podcast. Watch the full video exclusively on Carbon TV. This show is brought to you by Tinks, Scent Crusher, Camp Chef, and Cat Work Truck, Victory Archery and Thorn Broadheads, Cobra Archery and Shadow Hunter Blinds, Burris Optics and Reveal Cellular Trail Camps, HHA and HHA USA. Additional support by Under Armour and Deer Cam Coffee. Hey guys, welcome to the Boner Planet Podcast. Dave Thomas alone tonight, but we're going to have some fun because I am here with Eric from OKS Bow, uh, well, I shouldn't say Bonnie, Hunter, because <laughs> they do all sorts of hunting. So I like to throw Bonnie in everything, Eric. Sorry, but <laughs> it's, not, it's not that you guys don't do bow hunting anyways. So I guess it's fine. <laughs> How's it going, man? It's good. I'm tired. I woke up really early to do a turkey hunt this morning, my first time ever. And uh, it just happened to be the, the night that one of my kids was sick. So he didn't sleep and I didn't sleep. So I really didn't. I just kind of didn't sleep. Uh, so you're getting like a really tired version of me. That's okay. That's why I said tonight's different because it's normally it's like two or three guys on from each of our teams. So it's it's funny. It just ends up being you and me. But uh, so, you know, uh, Eric and I just got off actually his podcast. Uh, actually, it was yesterday, even though the way we date our podcast, this won't air for a few weeks, but you know, so basically um, we met each other through TikTok and through the social networks and, you know, coming at it from a perspective of being in the industry a long time and then seeing you guys create this, it looks like you guys are established in 2020, which is amazing actually during the pandemic, which is crazy. But um, tell me about, um, I guess, tell me about, the brand and, and how you guys came up with it and your thoughts to like, kind of like who's on the team and just a little bit of the history of it. Yeah. The history actually uh, technically dates back to 2013. Um, wow. Even though we didn't actually get our business registered until 2020 for OKS Hunter. Um, if I'm going to talk about the history of it, it was, I started podcasting in 2013 for the where to hunt podcast. And then, uh, you know, just to be on the defense because I wasn't an expert or pro hunter, you know, I'm okay, obviously. Um, 
I started calling myself, you know, hey, I'm the okayest hunter. I'm okayest at this. And I really kind of leaned into just getting on the defense. So I didn't have to hear people say like, well, where's your big deer? Why are you talking about these things? Yeah. Um, and then that kind of caught on. So I started saying Wisconsin's okayest hunter because uh, that's where we're at. And then this is the okayest podcast. So we just, people started kind of adopting it. And then somewhere along the way, I'm a bit of a domain name hoarder. So I bought the, I bought the domain name, um, met with a, a guy that was a listener of the podcast at the time, Tyler. And uh, he was He's a smart dude. Uh, he actually lives like right down the road for me. So we got coffee and I was like, Hey, I have this idea for this thing. I pitched it to a couple other guys. They weren't keen on it at the time. I was like, I'm going to do something with this. Do you want to go in on it with me? I can't do it by myself. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So then that was like the end of 2019 ish and uh, 2020 it was, we started doing like content in 2019 on Instagram just to see how it go. We tested some merch uh, just small bets that we were placing and it kind of just kept going and kept going. So we uh, got the business registered in 2020 and uh, you know, now we're just, we're rocking and rolling. Now we got a team, we got, uh, I got two podcast co-hosts, Greg Tubbs and Derek Melkor. And then Tyler's, I wouldn't say he's a silent partner, but he's not on the podcast. Um, and you'll see him on our social stuff quite a bit, but he's the opposite of me. He's like the CFO and COO and I'm like the CEO CMO. So we, <laughs> You know, kind of playing different parts of the business and it kind of balance each other out pretty well. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, you know, like I said, it, it's so I love to see what I call the grind, and that's when people like really put in the time and energy to make something happen and uh, you know, and creating something that's your own. And people always talk about in this industry, you know, everybody wants something, right? They're like, Oh, I, you know, it's so cool you guys get a free bow or whatever it is, but it's like most people don't realize the amount of work that goes into the challenges and work that go into the work, you know, the work itself. And I, I feel like it's just so nice to see that you guys are into it, seriously into it and, you know, created something that's really good. And on top of it, um, just, you could tell you guys are putting a lot of effort into it, which is really important to make it right to do something you love to do. But, the, the, you know, I just, I can't harp enough how amazing it's been the concept of social media. It, it's really cool. when you think about it, that, anybody can create something, you know, it, it's not like it used to be where you have to be a movie star or, or a network to create a show or outdoor channel. You know, you don't have to be that no more. Anybody can start a YouTube page tomorrow that, that shows off big deer, they kill or whatever it is. Right. Uh, or a podcast, whatever. Um, that to me is amazing. And, and it's so cool when I see people who do it, but then are actually doing it, you know, so hats off to you guys, man. It's, it's, it's a, it is a grind. I know. Cause we do, we live it every day as well. And you know, it's, <laughs> It's just nice to see another professional team going at it. You know, it's great. Yeah, there's no barrier of entry anymore. There's no gatekeepers. You just can you can start to do it. And honestly, for us, it was like, you know, the tipping point. Really, I talked about this other stuff of like the the Where to Hunt podcast and all of that. But when I was talking to Tyler about it, when I met him for the first time, we were talking about how we were seeing kids get bashed for tagging, uh, you know, a spike buck and posting about it, and we're like, let's do something about it. You know, this could be the thing, like we could do this. Um, and it just, you're right though. It is, it is a grind, but when you have a strong mission, uh, people rally around that and it gets you excited. It fires you up. One of the coolest things that happened to the brand that we didn't foresee, um, was when we started kind of using hashtags like never pass and shooter buck is in the eye of the beholders. So we call it shooter buck and, um, shoot deer and my tag, my hunt, all the stuff. Uh, all of a sudden our inbox was getting flooded with people sending us pictures of their shooter bucks, of their spike bucks, of their four corns, mm -hmm. of the basket racks. And 
those pictures when we went to their social profiles weren't there. They didn't ever post them anywhere because they were too afraid to be ridiculed. And suddenly they're like sharing them with us as proud mem memories and moments that they had, you know, with their grandpa, like, well, I never shared this one because it's, it's so small, but this is one of the best hunts of my life because such and such. I'm like, yeah. then post it, you know, it, this is exciting. So we kind of created the space for people to have that. Uh, we get submissions for what we call okayest moments on a daily basis. We only share those out to our e-blasts. Like no one sees them unless you're subscribed to our email. Um, and so usually it's like a huge story in the middle of the email, of like someone talking about how they totally crapped the bed on something. And it, it's relatable. People are consuming this and going, oh my God, I'm going to submit my story. And there's like 10 yeah. more the next day. It's, it's just, it's a pretty exciting thing. It's very relatable. Um, you know, we try to do things different, not better. We're not going to be better than some people, probably even at hunting. Uh, but how yeah. can we do things different? How can we like, if everyone's talking about shooting big deer, let's talk about shooting little deer. <laughs> you know, no yeah. one's doing that. You know, that's a, yeah. a totally different way to go. Yeah, they're doing it. They just don't talk about it. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, it's like, it's like that, uh, in Compton movie, we don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Spike Bucks. Yeah, we don't you know? talk about Bruno. <laughs> I got, I got so, kids, man. <laughs> me too. I hear you. So, um, yeah, that's funny because you're absolutely right. Like, that is an area where it's interesting to me because, like, if you just had, um, I don't want to say, like, anybody, but, like, let's say some of the celebrities, right? If they actually just shot a spike or a button buck, just for meat or just for the experience with their kid or whatever it would actually go a long way that if they did that they would get ridiculed obviously but like at the same time it would definitely change a lot of minds on you know what am i really going after here um you know i've always been an advocate of amateur hunting amateur shooting people always look to me and like oh you don't know this about a bow and i'm like no i don't i don't, I don't care <laughs> i'm just showing you the bow you know what i mean like I don't, i'm not an expert at anything i can only yeah. tell you what i just experienced by doing it myself a lot of bow techs will give me crap about stuff when i do a bow review or whatever but i don't really care i'll be honest i, I say i'm not a bow tech i didn't do this because i'm a bow tech and it, you know if you're a good bow tech then you go do it you know what i mean like there's it's not well, like you're probably good at building a community like you have like well exactly you got it right. You're right on the mark because it's not about being technical. It's about just giving people what they want, whether it's seeing a small buck or it's, you know, seeing a giant buck, whatever it is people are looking for is what you're trying to achieve and, uh, and have fun doing it. And that's the other thing about this hunting that we talk about and you talk about experiences. Well, you know, I, I had one where Tim, my co-host on the show, that's not on tonight, but you know, he shot this big doe and this little, the little doe, the baby doe ran over to me, but I didn't know what it was. And I shot it and it was a small doe, but to be honest, it was the best hunt ever. We, <laughs> we should, we doubled down. It felt amazing. I literally care less how big the doe was. It was you just a, a great it feeling. To shoot good, two deer. You know, I yeah, we killed two deer and we were happy. You know, it was a great moment. His first deer ever too. So it worked out well. That's, that's a big deal. It was his first year and not to get it twisted. Like I, I, there's no shaming for people that are getting big deer. That's not what this is about yeah. either. And for the record, I want a big deer also, but I, what well, we, so we were just on the wired to hunt podcast with Mark Kenyon and he helped us come up with like all these commandments and of the okay center. So th that's kind of cool. We have those now because of him. Um, but you know, he, he's one of those people that's in that position where he was feeling pressure to do a certain thing because of the career that he built around himself. And now he's having this aha moment of he's like, this isn't fun anymore. I'm not having fun because I'm putting too much pressure on myself to do this. I'm missing out on opportunities with family. I'm missing out on, you know, all of these things. And it's important to set goals and have, you know, ambition and, and still try to achieve things, but keep it into perspective. Like I have three kids, a day job and a side hustle. Uh, 
I'm sorry. I get maybe like three days to hunt out of the season. <laughs> shoot something because I I really do want meat in my freezer. Um, yeah. And if I can get if I can get you know 150 inch deer greater with three days of hunting, I'm probably the least okayest hunter there actually is. But if I had more yeah. time, I could probably get there. If I don't, then I'll take what I can take. Like I was turkey hunting this morning and. I told Greg, uh, my co-host and my buddy, I was like, dude, if a Jake walks by, I'm smoking it. I don't give a crap. I've never turkey hunted a day in my life until this oh, morning. Yeah. And it I would have had so much fun. Yeah. It was, so, you know, people, oh, where's the beard? I don't care. You can't eat the beard. You can't eat the horns. Yeah, no, I agree. I would have took that turkey down in a heartbeat. That's a, I don't know. I don't even, I don't even understand that sometimes. I'm like, well, I didn't, if I, I was so go out there and that risk it stuff. just for, you know. Yeah. I didn't know that, like people did the same stuff they do with deer and turkey hunting. I was shocked to figure that out this year. I'm like, are you serious? You gotta be kidding me. Yeah. Depends who you're talking about. And my friends, we don't really, we're not, I mean, we're, I don't want to say we're not horn hunters. We do try to shoot the biggest bucks we can, but to be honest, if I, if I was to go after only the big bucks on the lots we have leased over the years, I've only shot just to give you an example, like by doing that, you know, if I don't, if I don't, if I'm at, if I'm skipping all the little bucks, let's say the one tens in Michigan, well, I'll just call it the one tens, you know, one twenties. Uh, I won't shoot a deer for like ten years, you know, if I was lucky, it, you know. So now, <clears throat> the last time I was there, like a one ten came out, I smoked it, and it was like the best feeling ever. I didn't care less how big it was. It was a big deer. I mean, to me, it was still a big deer. It looked huge when I saw it, and I didn't care that it wasn't like a huge deer, but. At the same time, now we don't even see those bucks anymore. You know, people have already killed them all. It's like, so you're sitting there waiting for what, you know? And so, I don't know. Last year, That's I didn't even get tough. a deer. Didn't even see a doe. That's I mean, how bad it was. It's, it's, it's tough. And I, I, I whiffed on a, a 140, you know, and that would have been like, this is the only buck I have that like is on the wall. I have other, you know, smaller bucks that are your amounts or just, you know, uh, antlers and stuff. But, you know, Doug Duran, I, we went up to his farm uh, earlier this year and talked to him and he talked about, quality deer management but then he said well that's only one piece of the of the puzzle you have to consider healthy deer management you know quality deer management these are i'm paraphrasing i'm definitely not quoting him verbatim but he said something along the lines of you know if you want a big deer that's your hunt and your goal like you can't fault me because i don't have the same goal as you and you're getting mad at yeah. me because i'm potentially taking a deer that you would have shot in five years sorry yeah. man that's not my problem and yeah. like the goal of hunting isn't to just shoot big bucks. Um, and there's a lot of science that goes into, you know, genetics and, and like culling and all of that stuff. There, there's some, I don't, I'm not an expert on that stuff. Um, but Doug lives in a CWD area. Um, one of the most prevalent CWD areas in the state of Wisconsin. Jeez. So his decisions are different than the rest of ours. You know, he's, he's got to make different choices based on like the landscape that he's on. It's totally different. Yeah. So everyone's yeah. in a different circumstance, you know? Yeah. And it's also depends on, the rules of engagement for where you're hunting, right? So like if I'm hunting your land, you could say to me, it's a 140 or better. You know, I'm just gonna buy by the rules you give me if if it's your land. So for instance, I had a friend in Wisconsin in the industry and he would send me pictures all the time of 180s, 170, I mean monster bucks on his land. And he told me he's like, we don't shoot anything smaller than 160. And I didn't get to go out there or anything, but I'm just saying like I, I, I get it. It's all I'm saying. Like if I, if you own the land, you can definitely choose what I'm allowed and not allowed to shoot. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect you and, you know, mess up whatever you're trying to do, but if it's public land or it's my land, forget it. It's not going to go down like that. 
<laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta make your own choices, and my choice is right now for the freezer. And at some point, yeah. I'll have time, but I don't. I just don't right now. So it is what it is, and I have to make peace with that. It's it's tricky. Either I'm gonna sacrifice my marriage, or I'm not. Like that's yeah, no, what it comes down to a little bit, honestly. It's interesting too, because last year, so last year I put in a lot more time bow hunting than I've ever put in. In fact, um, because I'm mobile working now and stuff, I was able to work mobily, which changed everything. Because I could hunt the morning, I could hunt the evenings now. So I hunted a straight week um, in where we normally hunt, which is not normal for me. A week and a half, actually. So the first week was uh, first, yeah, the first week was straight bow hunting, late season, well, right before the rut bow hunting, and then guns started, and we hunted about a day or two of gun. But I'm not going to lie to you during that whole week and three days, whatever it was, I didn't even get a shot. Like I didn't even get a doe shot. I mean, it was terrible. Like literally couldn't believe it. To shoot something. You're like something walk in front of me, man. (laughs) I'm going to, you know, I'll tell you what happened the last. So on opening day gun, I sat, we have a, we have a 15 acre parcel. It's across the street from our 300 acre parcel. And it butts up to like other people's properties. Right. So here I am opening day gun. Uh, I get, I bought a pistol just for this hunt. Super excited about it. I bought a Ruger, super red Hawk, 10 millimeter. I was just really, it's dead on. I put a burst scope that I think it hit. I mean, I was hitting like a hundred yards. I was hitting the, the plate, you know, no problem. Super excited about this. So I sit down in this ground blind and I'm sitting there and I'm waiting. I know there's a huge doe in the area and I got a doe tag and everything. So I was just praying this doe would come out, but so then the only thing that comes out was a button buck that I'm thinking I'm sitting there. Right. And I'm like, I can't shoot this deer. And it's not that it's not that I, I didn't shoot it because I, I wasn't proud to shoot the deer. Cause I didn't even get any meat. So technically I would have shot it just for the meat. The reason I didn't shoot the deer was I was on a 15 acre parcel surrounded by other people. And my, mm-hmm. my fear was I'd shoot it and it run into on gun season into other people's properties. And to me, it wasn't worth the risk of me having to go onto their land. You know what I mean? Like that's going to start an argument, especially for a deer. That's not, you know, if it was a giant buck or something, of course, or a huge doe, I still would have did it. The counterpoint there is it have been like, well, how big was it? And if it wasn't a giant, you can go get it. Even if it was a big one, they'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. let me go. Let me go. Maybe, (laughs) maybe, but I I just, I felt like it was for gun season. If it was bow, I would have shot it. Like if it was the day before, um, I would have definitely shot it, but with the gun and I thought, man, I just don't want to be tramped around during gun, you know, over on other yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It freaks me be. out. Like, so I, if I knew, I knew I couldn't drop it right there. I, I mean, at least I didn't think it would drop right there with a 10 millimeter, you know, it wasn't like a shotgun or something major. Yeah, that makes but, sense. Um, of course that was all that came out. I was so mad. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, are you guys, so what's your favorite thing to do? You do more bow than gun or gun than bow or uh yeah just yes i I mean i they're different you know uh i love gun for different reasons than i love bow i bow hunt more there's more season there's more time ish depending on what's going on in life um for me to do that you know i I like fall i like hunting you know when i don't have to wear 20 layers and look like a you know a giant orange blimp um so (laughs) like i I like bow hunting i hunt out of a saddle i don't do that when i go gun hunting i hunt on the ground it's very hill country ridgy We're, we're hunting in like the western part of wisconsin very bluff country so and there's no need to get into a tree stand or saddle up there where i'm at uh you can usually see quite a bit from where i'm sitting but you know bow hunting it's a it's a game of chess and i've gotten really honestly pretty great at like hunting bigger deer i just can't kill the damn things it's like getting in the red zone the the the, the field gets condensed 
And you just have a hard time crossing that line. And that's kind of where I've been at the last two seasons where I've, you know, I should have had it done last year. And uh, I just wasn't the, the freaking moment. I wasn't paying attention. It was the moment that deer showed up. My buddy, Greg just texted me something about somebody that was like poaching. So I'm reading this article and that's when I saw the deer. I'm like, son of a, you know, it it just came up just slightly different than I had anticipated. And it was the rut. I was hunting all day and I was just going to hunt the morning on the ground to work my way into where I wanted to be until it got light. And it was afternoon. It's going to wait for some other people to move around or whatever. It's public land. And then this guy shows up on the, on the South side of a ridge where he's supposed to come through on the North side. Didn't follow the script. I could have got it done. There's still no guarantees, but had I been paying attention, I could have full draw 10 yards from the ground from this thing. And if you would have gone the way you were supposed to go, I wouldn't have been silhouetted. I wouldn't have been scented. I would have been golden, you know? So just, is what it is. But to, to that point, bow hunting is so you're just never going to learn it all ever. And, and just compounding that knowledge year over year, over year, over year, and trying to make those micro incremental like improvements, it's getting to be a ton of fun. It's a very different game. I, I take it far, far more serious. I take my, I don't take myself serious, but I take the hunting part pretty serious to a degree. Um, lesson learned. I'm not going to, I'm going to put my phone on freaking. Like do not just I didn't know do not disturb like a thing actually. So now I'll like I'll, I'll let my wife's calls come through and that's that's gonna be it. Like no it's one's always a gamble with technology, it's always a gamble. Because yeah. so, it's like you could do it and burn a lot of time, you know, and you look up every once in a while and get lucky, or you could we'll look up and then you see a tail walking away. <laughs> there's deer that like I've seen that there's no way I would have seen them because I sure I certainly wouldn't have heard them if I was not paying attention you just get a glimpse and it was like, Oh, if I was looking yeah. at that direction at that moment, there's no way I would have seen that deer. So um, I did get to see a buck tend to doe last season, the same day I missed out on the one forty in the morning that, that evening, I saw a buck tending to a doe and chase off a couple of other smaller guys. And he, I couldn't make a move on him based on where. So I just, it, I just observation sat it, watching the binoculars. It was really cool to see. Uh, and then the next That's day I tried awesome. to make a move and no one came out to play in that, in that same spot. So I was like, well, you know, based on the wind and the, all the stuff, I, I, I understand what I'm supposed to be doing now for access yeah. and wind and how to set up and all of that. It's taken some time to get there. Um, so I, I love bow hunting, gun hunting. I love the camaraderie. I love hanging out with my buddies and my dad and yeah. getting together yeah. one time a year. And, you know, I, I can't say we get like trashed anymore because I can't like my yeah. body won't get drunk, <laughs> can't handle but it's, it's fun. We'll play cards and, and just, it's just a good time, honestly. And then we have, we go to the same old kind of spot in the same public land. And it's like the woods come to life. Honestly, we step foot in the, in the forest on Friday to just kind of like get our bearings, shoot the shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, remember that one year when you guys both had to hit the deck because that those two bucks were coming through and, and then we got them both. That's just like, we just start to relive these memories and, and that's important. You know, I'm yeah. not going to take gun hunting seriously probably ever. I, and I could go hunt the spot where I had the 140 and there's all these big deer running around there and I could have maybe got something big with my gun. I don't care. I don't care about that. That's not what gun hunting is to me. Yeah. It's, it's about connecting with family and friends. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, you never stop learning, you know, and, and when you were talking about the, you know, all the things about learning, especially in archery, I had a couple stories come to mind, but the, uh, so the last year, I think it was last year. No, maybe it was the year before. It must've been the year before. So I think it was 19. I had. Um, or 20 no it was 20 it was 20 it was the year of covid so i had um i got to my spot it was opening day i got my tree stand and i just had this really good feeling about that i was gonna see a deer i just had this like i don't know what it was kumbaya moment but 
I was like, all right, I'm going to get my stand, you know, dark, bring my green light, going as quiet as I can. I'm going to sneak up there, and it's going to happen. It's just, it's going to happen. So sure enough, I'm sitting there. I hear noises. I, I look to my right slow. I see deer behind me, and I look down to my left, and there's the trail. It goes out to the field right next to me, and I see a spike on the trail. I see a four-point on the trail, and then I see a really nice, like, 10 or 12-point or something pushing the deer, like, going forward, like, hitting them with his horns going out and it's literally right here, you know? And I'm yeah. like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. You know? But once I heard the original noise, I had already grabbed my bow, put my, you know, put my release on. And so he's right here on my left. And I'm like, you know, I pull back and I'm like this, but now it ended up being more like, like this of an angle. So okay. I, yeah. I did not, you know, I haven't practiced that idea in many, many years. Um, so I took the shot, hit it in the shoulder blade with a rage went in like five inches. If that, you know, it was just terrible. I mean, I, after I shot it, I'm like, wow, the arrow's sticking out of it like far, you know, like it didn't even, you, you know, I was thinking it was going to drive through and like, you know, be stuck in that in the ground, but at least, you know, break through the backside of the deer. But wherever the hell I hit, you know, I never found it. You know what I mean? Wherever I hit, it was way too high. Um, so sad moment because it was a nice buck and I really wish I could have got my hands on it. We tracked it for like five miles. It was something ridiculous. And, it, you know, it just kept going, never stopped. We kept pushing it but we could never get to it and cross rivers and people's lands and it was we oh, so but that moment of learning remembering that angle and what you know what i needed to do what i thought i did was completely wrong for what i actually needed to do so i recommend to anybody you know if you're going to be out there and you Practice think that target. could happen to you yeah. you need to test it on a 3d target you know, the moment I missed the deer straight up. So 2020 for me, this buck sitting behind me on camera here, this eight point, the uh, two, one, one or two weeks before I got him, I shot at something just a touch bigger and it, it should have been a slam dunk. Like, I don't know. I actually, to this day, I still have no clue what happened. I don't, I don't get it because I was ranged correctly. Although I didn't have a range finder. I just, and, and Greg, uh, my co-host will give me crap about this, but he see me on like 3D courses. I actually have a pretty good internal like way to measure distance. I'm decent at that, surprisingly. And so I, I had my my uh, you know sight set at. I, I use a, an op. Uh, uh, what is it? Optimizer. HHA. Yeah. Thank you. HHA optimizer. And so I had to set like you know 20 yards or whatever it was, and um, I, I just missed over his back. No clue. Like what the hell happened? And then he just took off. I was like, Oh, well, that was weird. Um, well then I went back to that spot. I bought a range finder, went back to the spot, climbed to the tree range. And I was like, no, it was spot on. So I did something wrong. I just don't know what it's weird. And so then I went to my backyard, went up the tree and just started firing off shots like crazy at that range to be like, what yeah. did I do? And so it's, yeah, you do have to practice how you, how you think you're going to shoot. And then, you know, I got the one that's behind me here. That was the, culmination of me applying everything I learned and it all came together. Like I read the, yeah. the property, the wind, the assumption of where they'd be betting was all correct. And I went out through a first sit at a first property and boom, and I do. I, this is actually funny. Cause you talk about like shooting at that weird angle. I had to do like this gangster. I call it the gangster shot. I had to cock my bow sideways. Cause there's a limb and the only tree I could get in for this setup. And when I drew back, like I was looking at this, I said, if I, if I let go right now, the, my bow limb is going to hit this tree limb it's going to smack it. So I had to like oh, turn man. my air, my bow sideways and I got, <laughs> I was like, it happened. It was super awkward, but I've never practiced like that before, but it was like game time, you know? I, yeah. Worked out fortunately. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, 
Yeah, man. Those, there's so many weird experiences like that. I, I think when I was a kid, we used to practice some tree stands all the time and it was very helpful because you could really feel the distance, the angles. Um, unfortunately now I live in a city too much of a city and I can't, I don't have that capability here. And it would be so helpful though, to shoot from an elevated position for practice, yeah, you know, judge me, but uh, my wife's like, I can't believe it. I'm like, whatever. Like this is Wisconsin. People hunt, people are used to it. It's fine. <laughs> Yep. Time and time again, man, it's always something and, you know, learning these different ways of doing things and, and trying to, you know, learn from it's the hardest part and just keep going. But what's it like to be, you know, you guys are in Wisconsin, you have a lot of archery companies in Wisconsin, um, obviously Matthews, HHA. Uh, what's that like being in your backyard? Do you guys ever get a chance to go there? Do you always feel like you need to buy a Wisconsin brand? Like, how do you guys feel about that? Yeah, it's good. There are, there are some good companies here. I mean, there's a lot in Michigan too, where you're at. So like, uh, we don't do much with Matthews. I, I think their price point probably doesn't fit our demographic. I think they're high quality, but it would be a misalignment if we were to work with them. Um, we've done some stuff with HHA. We've, we've podcasted at their, um, HHA USA events for like the veteran stuff that they put on. I think we did one last summer, one the summer before. So that's kind of cool. We get to meet people at archery ranges and, and set up our podcast there. We got like speakers and people can hear it real time and all that stuff. So that's, that's been kind of cool. That's why I'm shooting what, what I'm shooting uh, on my bow for those sites. Uh, Vector custom shops in our backyard. They're right down near like the Racine Kenosha area. So they're, they become good friends. We were both in, it's funny. There's a, you know, a startup community here in Milwaukee, uh, G uh, generator and then G beta. And Isaac, the, the founder of Vector went through the incubator and I went through a different one. Uh, called 4M, which stands for 4 Milwaukee. For I have a hunting app that we have also. Um, and then someone's like, oh, wait, you hunt. And this guy is a guy he hunts. He, you guys should meet. And that's how we met. It was through like connection to this, to this incubator and we became fast friends. So, you, you know, having some of that stuff in our favor, it, it's awesome, man. Honestly, it's it's really cool. Be with archery. Uh, they're here. physical exercises around archery it's not it's kind of like you know total archery challenge but with a, a dose of like physicality where you're pushing yourself more physically um really kind of prepping for like western hunting style stuff but yeah so there's there's a number of folks around here man that that we get along with and um yeah i don't know i could probably keep talking about it so <laughs> so time. what's your guys what's your guys plans for this year i mean so you i know you you we talked you know, obviously you guys got the podcast but what are your guys' overall plans this year? Do you have some big hunts planned or, um, you know, events you guys are going to or anything like that? We're putting on our first event, uh, August 27th at, uh, so far, as far as I'm aware, it's going to be at Hubbleton Brewery. So we're calling it Foam Fest because we're going to shoot foam. We're going to drink beer with foam. So plan words, kind of cheesy, but that's kind of the idea there. And it's going to be lax. It's not, you know, we're not focused on the archery side too, too much. We are going to have 3d targets there and all that stuff, but really it's going to be a food truck and, and beer and camaraderie and hanging out. So that's going to be fun to see our community that we did our first trade show this year in March. So a couple of firsts, we just lit up our Amazon store. That's a first. Um, we're going to start maybe manufacturing some products and do some stuff that complements our like, you know, lifestyle, swag merchandise stuff um so we're not just selling hats and can koozies and, and whatnot and sweatshirts but so there's yeah a lot a lot going on for us this year um some new partnerships coming on board for the podcast and just more you know more more of the same having fun it's always important for us to have fun my first turkey hunt uh hunting yeah, wise it's just gonna awesome. be you know whatever whatever i can do for for whitetail season i think um we want to do an elk hunt here at some point but i gotta figure out where the heck we can go and we gotta plan ahead for that we're gonna do it 20 
Uh, 20, but I had another kid, so that didn't happen. That's not always 2021. 2021. My bad. Yeah, I get confused by years. Oh man, that's awesome. Well, tell us, tell everybody where they can go to find you guys and learn about you and all that stuff. Yeah, honestly, okshunter.com is the hub, and then you can spoke out from there. But we have okshunterpodcast.com just in case. Uh, we're really prevalent on TikTok right now. We do have a YouTube, we run our podcast live, we have a live call in feature on our show, so people can like literally call in and share stories, ask our guests questions, uh, say their two cents or whatever. So that's kind of fun. Um, Instagram, Facebook, we have a Facebook group for our, we call our OKS crew members. So they get discounts on other brands, discounts on our brand. Um, They get to see things first. Like we have some new hat designs that no one's seen, but those guys have seen it. So yeah, fun, fun stuff. Uh, Just check us out wherever you'd like. And if you have an OKS moment where you forgot your release or drop some down your tree stand or, whatever the hell happened, like share those stories with us. You can find that on our website as well under uh, moments. So awesome. Thanks so much for joining. And uh, if you guys are out there, make sure you guys subscribe to them on TikTok and to us, because I'm sure Eric and I will be going live on TikTok soon. Cause it's, there's a lot of fun stuff we can do on there together. In fact, there's fun stuff where we can, uh, they have like, like war of the roses. Like they have so many ways you can like play around. I love it. I just think there's always something fun we can do, especially in that live sector. And it's, it's always it's always nice to work with somebody who's doing, uh, you know, internet media and understands it, you know, because a lot of companies yeah, don't even get it. We have a Giphy account that's got like 4 million views. You can make Yo, your own wow. GIF. You can make your own account. So you can just so like, sweet. on Facebook, do OKS Hunter, and you'll find like us doing really terrible, dumb things that'll make you laugh. <laughs> All right, Eric. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Have a great night, everybody. And uh, check out OKS Bow Hunter when you guys get some time. I'll link it below. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. As usual, thank you guys so much for tuning into the Bowhunter Planet podcast. Your support is so appreciated. If you love archery and bow hunting, make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media as we have a lot more great content to share. We'll see you soon. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.